Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. I'm your host, Chet Zar, and today I'm going to do something different. As you may know, I had my show opening uh, two days ago, Saturday, or three days ago, Saturday night, October 9th, my uh, show called Chaos, my solo show. And um, I was working up to the very end. I was working, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, it's, it's just been, it, it's ironically been chaos here. So, um, I wasn't able to line up a guest for this week. So I thought maybe I'll just do a shorter show and just talk about the show. Cause it was kind of, uh, amazing and interesting the way that everything came together and, um, you know, getting ready for the show and just how the whole thing went. So if this goes well, I'll post it. If it doesn't go well, I will, you won't hear this because I'll scrap it and I'll just take another week off. But, um, so anyway, uh, I'm just going to talk about the show today and the experience of it. And I have some thoughts that I will save to the end that I think people, um, interested in dark art will want to hear. I think it's, um, there's, there's, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. So (laughs) Hang with me to the end if you can. It's probably going to be a shorter episode. I doubt I'm going to talk for two hours. I highly doubt it. I know I won't, in fact, because I have other stuff I have to do. Um, and I don't even know if I'll make it past 10 minutes because it's very weird talking by myself. But anyway, so let's get on with the usual stuff I do, which is the um, new subscribers. There are a few this month, not many, but... Um, if you want to join and support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash darkartsociety and join for just $1. And uh, lots of benefits, mainly the Facebook page, private Facebook page, which is great. I can't tell you how many people have, have made such great friends on there. Um, couples have happened, relationships. It's really great, great place to be for you dark artists and dark art lovers so let's see we left with uh, okay so new subscribers uh aaron cachero wow what a generous pledge thanks aaron aaron bought a piece called crackhead from the chaos show and uh he wasn't able to make it out for the show but uh i hope he likes it when he gets it uh ben licata thank you so much and Danny Do, Danny Do, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Hit me up on Facebook. Uh, find, do a search for the Dark Art Society Cooperative on Facebook, and then request to be let in. And um, we'll look you up and make sure you're in the Patreon and um, let you in the group. It's just a little added bonus. Okay, so let's get on with it. I'm not going to do the little break with the intro again. Um, So, uh, let's see. Where do I start? Where do I start? Well, okay. Let me think about this. Gary wanted me to do a show at Copro um, last year. Because I didn't do one during the 2020, during pandemic year. And, uh, which is 
good because I didn't I didn't want to I've been doing a show a year I think with Copro a solo show a year plus conjoined since 2007 or something 2006 and and it's just killer it's it's solo shows are tough because they are they're just grueling they're a lot of work and um not necessarily a lot of sales you know that's the crazy thing about being a a painter or a fine artist of any kind really is you're painting stuff and you don't know if it's going to sell so you're spent spending you know months and months painting and preparing for something and then hoping that things sell and you make money and sometimes nothing sells i've had shows where uh one painting sold my show at last rights gallery one painting sold and i busted my ass on that i made custom sculpted frames my first fully sculpted frames Uh, i don't think it was it definitely wasn't the the fault of the gallery it was you know the art market is weird you never know what when things are going to sell what's going to sell it's really unpredictable uh just one more reason why why you should only do this as a career if it's unless you know uh if you absolutely have to and you love it it's it's a hard job it's very difficult career to manage and to um, make a living at but um i think they ended up selling maybe like one other one during the 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 show at last rights uh, but that was the faces of death show. Um, and yeah, I've had shows at Copro that, where I didn't hardly sold shit. You know, I've had plenty, I've had more shows where I hardly sold anything than shows where I, uh, sold a lot. And, um, this show actually, uh, I sold a lot. I sold out the show, which was the first time. I think the first time. Like usually, what happens with my shows is that the average, up until you know the last few years, maybe has been half the show will sell uh, uh, throughout the month, and then they keep the work, and then other people might buy over the rest of the year a piece here, a piece there, and eventually the pieces sell, or I'll get them back, and within a year or two. People will hit me up and I'll end up selling them. But, you know, I've got shows. I've got pieces still. At this point, I don't want to sell them because I want to have some old pieces. But I have pieces from the show I did with my dad called When Worlds Collide. And that was, what year was that? I don't even know. I'll have to look it up. But, I mean, I've got pieces from that show. Uh, Old pieces. I've got pieces, a couple pieces from 2002. And, uh, like I said, I don't really want to get rid of them now. Um I'm going to look up this uh, show. Um, uh, let's see. When was that? That was 2009. 2009. So anyway, point being, you never know if, you're, if your work's going to sell. But this show was really different for me. So anyway, Gary wanted me to do a show because I didn't do it. I took a year off in 2020. And, um, so he wanted me to do a show in 2021. We decided on October. And so I was thinking around January, I would start painting for the show and give myself six months, which is longer than I normally give myself to paint for a show. Like every show up to, up to this point, including the ego death show, 
and the dystopia show, which are my two biggest shows I ever had. I think, um, those, I think I painted in three months and it's just a grind. It's a grind. And, um, so I was like, I'm going to give myself six months this time at least. And that's still not enough time really. So January comes around and it's just, I have to keep this business going, you know? So I, I, if I remember, remember correctly, I still had tool posters to doodle. Um, I just basically had to keep earning money because I don't have enough money to not work for six months. No way. Um, it's like, the money I make goes back into my business. Anybody who owns a small business knows how it goes. So if I have a, a great year, it's not like I've, I'm sitting on all this cash. It's like it goes back into the business. So I had basically I kept planning on starting, kept planning on starting January, then February comes, and I'm like, okay, well I got uh, you know, five months. Uh, and then it's like, okay, I got four months left and it finally got to a point where I don't know when I started those studies. I guess when I started the studies is if you're on, uh, my Patreon, my personal one, which is patreon.com slash Chet Um, I'll, I'll look while I'm talking. Um, uh, I started when I started the studies, that was sort of like the starting point, but I didn't start painting the paintings, let me see. Uh, let me see. I'll find out in one second. Anyway, so I started, I realized it was, time was running out. I had to get ready for the show. I had to start painting for the show. So I started doing these studies. And um, uh, I was really feeling uninspired. I didn't have, I was exhausted because I just, I just, you know, have didn't, haven't gotten a break. Um, just exhaustion. Um, so hold on, I'm going to look these up. I want to see, see if I can, uh, get a date when I started these studies. Uh, come on. Once again, totally unprepared, but I'm just trying to get an extra episode in that, that otherwise I would just not, not do. Uh, so, um, yeah. And, uh, okay. I'll get into painting these studies. So I started painting these studies, posting them on my Patreon. I felt uninspired. I was just kind of doing, I don't know. I wasn't really into these. I, I didn't paint anything there. When I first started, I was like, eh, these just aren't that great. And I remember at one point I was so frustrated. I just wiped the paint off of this one that I had started and splattered some ultra ultramarine blue and some alizarin crimson just out of like anger and being pissed off like fuck this it's not working and and then i was kind of like hmm that looks pretty cool really this blue and red together and so i went with that and i painted the first one which is which ended up being called uh uh the architect uh agent of chaos number 1 so I imagined him being kind of, kind of the boss of them all. Uh, the whole theme of the show was chaos, and me imagining these kind of evil, dark spiritual forces were behind the insanity of 2020. That was sort of my starting point with this show, hence the name chaos. So 
I started messing around with this red and blue color palette. And I, I, I made the first few and I was really digging it. I, I, it was, it kind of inspired me just the color palette because it was so different. I'm, I'm very much like an earth tone type guy and, and grayed out colors. And, um, so I, uh, kept going with that. I was really happy with these studies and I was posting them and, and on my Patreon and everyone was really digging them. Like I was getting lots of comments that they loved the colors. And so I kept going and kept going and kept going and just painting these studies, painting these studies. Cause you know, not only did I need to prep for the show, I also needed to earn some money, money. So I was like, I got to sell these things too. Um, so it was like a dual, uh, dual purpose thing there. So, um, I ended up doing like, I don't know, 33 studies or 35 studies or, okay, let me see here. It looks like I was starting. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm looking up when I started the painting for the show. Let's see. Looks like I'm doing some first passes around July, September. Yeah, so, okay, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. And in between this show, I had to do something for Drakel, and I had to have a, a resin sale. It's like all this stuff just to keep the the lights on here at my house. So, um, okay, sorry about this. I'm almost there. I almost got it. Okay, looks like July 17th I was starting. July, August, September. Okay. Uh, July... Yeah, it looks like I started painting in July, the big paintings. Um, yeah, because the first thing I had to do before I uh, started them was finish this commission that was five years late, which is uh, Queen of Darkness, if, you, if you've seen that on my Patreon. Um, but I guess I started the studies. Let's see. I painted those maybe in... June. Let me see. I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay. Uh, um. Okay. 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 Yeah. It looks like maybe June. Could have been May. I don't know. So I did a bunch of studies from from June. I think I'm gonna keep scrolling here. And, and I'm looking at my feed. That's one great thing about having a Patreon or having an Instagram feed is you can kind of go through and, and it's like a diary of everything you've done. Um, June. Yeah, and I had, to do, I had to do pin sales. Pins were coming out, so I had to stop and do pin sales. And Oh, my God, it was crazy. So, yeah, we'll say June. I'm painting studies in June knowing that uh, I have to be ready to to uh, to frame everything and take photos of everything, you know, the big paintings when they're done. And, uh, oh, no, it looks like it started in May. Okay. So I did, I did studies from May until, like, July, May, June, July. So I, was, I ended up spending, like, the first two, pro it was probably more like, Two two and a half months or so on studies, um, 
and uh, uh, I knew that this would save me in the long run. Uh, but you know, I could have started painting in May, painting the big paintings, but you know, they would have taken twice as long because I didn't have them planned out. Having studies really helps me paint a lot quicker. So, um, so uh, and once I started those studies, it's like people loved them. And so I, I think I sold the first batch and they sold right out. And then I kept going with them because I, I was into it. I was like so inspired with this color, these color schemes. And so then I sold those. This is all to keep the money coming in. And then around July, I started um, painting the final pieces. And, uh, you know, there's a lot involved in painting for a show that you don't think about. Like I had to custom order the I, I was I wanted to paint everything on aluminum panels because I'm into aluminum now. I love that surface. It's so permanent. It's, you know, really strong stuff. I don't have to worry about chipping the corners if I drop it like I would with a with a um, masonite panel and um, so I had to buy all the the um, panels from Trickell which I love their aluminum panels and but they don't sell them in 24 by 36 which I wanted to do these three large paintings 24 by 36 so I uh, I had to custom order them um, they offer that as a service which is great like they'll make them pretty much any size you want. So uh, they're expensive. They're expensive, but um, worth it. So I, was, so I had to get these custom, put a get a custom quote. And, you know, it wasn't just like you buy it from the website. You have to contact them and have them make, uh, cut things uh, the size you want and blah, blah, blah. Because they'll do all kinds of crazy shapes if you want um, with whatever their laser cutter or whatever they got. Uh, so... Um, by the time I started the paintings, I had, the, but by the time I was done with the studies, I think I had like 30 something studies, which is a lot. And, um, it was mostly cause I, well, I was into it and I was just inspired. Um, so I started the big paintings. I picked, you know, most of them that I wanted to do. I knew my favorites. And I knew I, I settled on around 15 paintings. I was hoping for like 15 to 18, and I ended up only getting to 15. So um, I uh, uh, started painting the big ones, the full-size paintings. I had finished the studies. I had sold the studies. I asked people, people if I could hang on to them for a bit because I was using them for reference, just at least till I blocked them out. And... Um, um, once I started painting the big ones and posting pictures, uh, the, the response was crazy. Like everybody loved these colors and, um, people started emailing me and asking if they could buy them, like pre buy them. And, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, at first, the first few people, I was kind of like, yeah, just, uh, let me, you know, I'll put your name down and put you in touch with Copper Gallery. But it kept happening. People kept hitting me up about pre-buying paintings before they're painted. I, um, so that that was just, uh, it, it blew blew my mind. I, you know, not only have I never sold a show up before, I'd never have people contact me ahead of, before a painting's even painted and asked to buy it. And so enough people started doing that, that 
Gary started taking deposits and then we offered like a discount for people that pre-ordered, which is great for everybody. Uh, so, uh, basically people chose the, you know, use the studies and chose the paintings they wanted for the, for the show. And it was like, you know, most of them were the most popular paintings and the ones I liked the most, which are, you know, maybe the best ones you might say, maybe, I don't know. It's all opinion. But, um, so I started, we, we started taking the names down, taking deposits and, um, but there were still a few that I wasn't sure about. There was maybe like four or five that I was like, you know, I there's 10 here that I want to do, but I have to pick like four or five out. Um, and so people, then more people were still emailing me. So I was like, okay, you know, you know, these are taken, but if you want to pick out from these studies, pick one. And, you know, if it's one I'm, I was planning on doing or one that I like enough to do for the show, I'll do it for the show. And so they were all ones that I wanted to do anyway for the show. So basically the, the people who are pre buying kind of helped shape the show in a way like they they helped to choose the paintings that were part of the show that made up the show which i thought was super cool you know so the people that pre-ordered took part in the show in, in the creation of the show and it wasn't intentional it just happened that way and it was but it was cool i don't know if even people realize it um the buyers hopefully they'll hear this and they will realize it so it was really an interactive kind of thing that just you know it's one of those things that you can't plan um so basically i was able to paint for this show having all the paintings sold already just crazy crazy and uh there's a point to this i'll get to at the end it's not like a, a flex or anything you know me you know me better than that um there's a point to this whole thing. So, uh, so it was like the first time in my life I was painting for a show that I knew I was going to get paid for. And it was, it took so much stress. There's so much less stress involved there. Um, it was a totally different experience. Uh, it was great. It was great. So I was very inspired and I was so into this color palette. So I was just painting away. I got interrupted a couple times because of, I think some pin releases and, um, you know, I still didn't have money, you know, still having to bring money in. Uh, Gary kind of paid me, uh, once he got all the deposits, he paid me. So I got a chunk of money there, which was great. And that covered my bills so I could keep painting for the show. And, um, but by this time, we're talking like July, late July, August, September, and the show was October 9th. So we're talking three months to paint 15 paintings, three 24 by 36s, which are pretty big, and then eight 16 by 20s and five, or f wait, seven 16 by 20s and five 11 by 14s. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot to paint in three months, but you know, that's what I have done for the past 10 or 15 years or whatever. So, um, anyway, I'm painting all these and 
you know, going at a good pace, not stressing myself out. And then just time just started running out and getting shorter and shorter and getting closer and closer. And I had to, uh, you know, my nights kept getting later and later, which is what always happens. And then pretty next, you know, next thing I knew I'm staying up till two in the morning every night painting. And, um, and, and what usually happens also is I'm running the business during the day. So I'm dealing with, uh, customer service for my website, shipping things out, printing, um, uh, uh, packing slips, um, going through and, you know, just running this business. And, um, that basically takes up most of the day. And so I end up painting at night. So I'm usually starting at like six or seven and then it goes on till like two in the morning so and and anyway as time went on it went later and later and later and you know I honestly don't have a good grasp of how long I was working these crazy hours but you know I didn't take a day off I didn't take a day off let me see I'm sure I didn't take a day off since Probably, you know, January after the holidays, I took some time off, but I don't think I took a day off, um, yet really. I haven't, I still haven't taken a day off. Not really. Um, so, uh, uh, anyway, uh, the last, um, maybe, let me see, two, three. Uh, one, two, three. Ah, it's hard to say. I would say the last three weeks, at least before the show, it was just like up until working until three in the morning, four in the morning, five in the morning. And as it was, time was getting closer to the show. It was like six in the morning. I was going to bed at like 6 a.m. And, you know, the last week of the show, it was the last two weeks before the show, it was like. Uh, going to sleep at six in the morning, getting four hours sleep and then waking up and then getting back to painting. It was just crazy. So I ended up getting the um, paintings done because I can't, you know, you can't paint up until the day of the show, which is what I used to do before I had my shit together. Um, I mean, I remember a show and I had a a show I had in Germany called Stranger. I, I brought paint with me and I was painting in the gallery the day before the show (laughs) doing little touch-ups on the paintings because I wasn't quite done but uh anyway so uh I had to get everything done by let me see when did I get things photographed okay this is October I'm looking at my calendar here show opened oh I had my photographer I think he took photos for me. I dropped him off on Sunday, the third before the show. And then I picked him up Tuesday and then I had to take him to my framer. And then he had to frame, he had the frames pre-made and <laughs> half the frames were gold because he was only able to get the molding I wanted, which is like gold with this silver kind of treatment on the edges and, um, uh, so I had to take half the frames. He framed half of them 
with the black frames. And then the other ones he pre-made, I took those home and I had to paint those to match the finish of the black ones. And uh, uh, I'm getting confused in my timeline here. Yeah, so um, I had to paint like seven frames. I had to spray paint them. I had to find this black that matched perfectly. And then I had to do these the silver pass on these little strips around it. And then a little touch of this red because the, there was, you know, I matched it perfect. Like the people won't be able to tell which was painted by me or painted by the frame, the frame manufacturer. I mean, I, re I nailed it. I took my time, but it took me like three days to do that. So that was on top of everything else. And I had to paint, I had to sculpt the frame corners, which I cranked out and somehow came up with something I was really, really happy with in a day or two. It was like two days. And then Lee Shamel, who did the molds for me, somehow cranked them out uh, in like a day or something. Uh, usually it takes a day per mold. And he just, I dropped them off um, Saturday. And then that's the other thing. My kid, Fritz, he usually does work for me, but he had another part-time job. He usually does like driving for me. So I had to do all my own driving this time. So I had to drive out to Riverside, which is like an hour away, drop the sculpture off to Lee, come back, work on my paintings, blah, 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 drive back out and pick it up, drive out to the framer, drop the paintings off. Uh, it was just insane. And I'm, you know, going on four hours sleep a night, three hours, some, some nights. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I got the molds from Lee. I'm casting frame corners. I got some help doing my casting. And, um, once I got my, those seven paintings framed, uh, painting frames painted, I had to drive them out to Van Nuys to my framer, which is like 45 minute drive drop them off so my framer could put the paintings in the frames. And then I had to bring the framed paintings back home so I could mount the corners. Then I had to drop the paintings that I had, that I, I once I put the corners on, I had to drop those off to Gary at Copro and then go by my framers and pick the other. No, no, no. So now I'm getting confused. Okay, I dropped the painted frames off. The painted frames, okay, that's what it is. The frames I painted, I also put the corners on. So I dropped those off to my framer so that he would have the finished frames with the corners, and then he would put the paintings in them, and then Gary picked those up from the framer to take them to Copro. And then, um, so I took, and then when I dropped those off, I brought the ones the frames, the, the, the framed paintings that he had already done, I brought them home and I had to put the corners on and then my kid could work one day, one morning. And that was the Friday before the show to where he uh, went and dropped the framed paintings, the finished last eight paintings or seven paintings off to, to Gary. And then he picked the other ones up. So it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy i've i've you know you know i'm always bitching about working too hard and stuff and it's like i definitely this is that i was at my limit 
you know, I had a couple nights where I was going to sleep and thinking, I hope I don't die of a heart attack. I feel so tired. Can you die from being too tired? It was, it was crazy. I was, I hallucinated a couple of times. I swore I saw my wife walk by and, and it was, it was just ridiculous. So it's not over yet though. It's not over yet. Um, we also decide since the show is selling so well that I should do prints and we should offer some prints. And, um, so we offered these print, a print of each painting, 11 by 14 print on nice paper. And I, you know, I have the ability to do all that here. So I printed, so I was printing, um, my, uh, normal paper was sold out that comes in a roll, which makes printing much easier because I just put a roll in and I could just print and it just prints them out on a roll. So I had to buy cut sheets, which is the, you know, still really good paper. It's just, it, it only comes in sheets. So I have to load them in and it's really difficult. They don't always load in right the first time. So I had to load, I was loading in, um, prints, paper into the printer and then printing each individual print out. So we made, um, an addition of 15, uh, 15, an addition of 15 of the 15 paintings. And, um, you know, I bought the backing cardboard backing and plastic to put, put them in. So they look nice. So they're in a nice little package. And, uh, then Gary, uh, had an idea to do with this portfolio, which is one of everyone at a reduced price. It's like a por portfolio of the show, which is a really cool idea. So we did five of those and, um, and, uh, those sold out and they come with a sketch and, uh, yeah, we sold all five of those. Um, and a bunch of individual prints sold too at the show and before the show and after the show. So, I was basically printing prints. I didn't get them all done for the show. I just got like four of each done for the show. And uh, I was printing the day of the show. I was printing. Lisa was, you know, packing them in plastic for me and putting the cardboard backing in. Um, and it was just a madhouse. So I didn't really get to rest to rest before the show. It was like I worked, got up early, got about, you know, a few hours. No, I got six hours sleep, which felt like a lot that night, the night before the show. And, um, got up printed and, you know, just basically printed all the way up until I ended up being late to the show because of that. But I, uh, printed and then I took a shower and got ready. And, uh, once I, but then I had to sign everything and number everything. There's just so much. If you've never put a show on, uh, especially a you know kind of a big show like that, there's so many little things that you don't think about that go into making a show like that. So it was just crazy. There was a few times in the midst of it, towards the end, I was just like, "This is terrible. Like I hate this. Why am I doing this?" This is misery. I'm in pure misery. It's so much. I mean, my back was fucked up. It was really ridiculous. Uh, and I'm not complaining now. I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to tell you what it was like because it was such a trip. It went. It, it was just so much activity. 
and uh, but we pulled it together like Copro shows we always do. Same same goes for the conjoined shows. Um, when we do the conjoined shows, it's always total chaos up till the very end, and then everything just kind of crystallizes, and it's this amazing show that gets done just in time. So show got done. They hung it. Oh, uh, Steve McCorkle, we hired him to make these gas masks to hang in between each painting. Uh, wood, wooden, really nice wooden laser-carved gas mask logos with a glow glow-in-the-dark resin in them. And then he made a really big one um, that you put a, that he had a, a LED lights behind, so it glows from behind. Really cool. Uh, you, you can see pictures on my Patreon of that. I just posted them more on Facebook. Um, so, so as far as hanging the show, amazing. It was amazing. It was a great show. Great show. Uh, Gary took the painting I had done for the blab show and included it just, just cause there was nothing to buy in case anybody wanted to buy something at the show. And, um, it's that if you're on my Patreon, it's the one, um, it's kind of like a floating head with a red, uh, red background and these bandages kind of pulling opposite ways on the head um it's it's cool uh my son's band is is using it koto and the plagues is his band and they're using it for their album album cover um so that piece i did that that was part of the series of the age the chaos show but it felt a little bit like the odd man out because it was a floating head it was a little i don't know it it fit color wise but i felt like it sort of was didn't fit as well as the others. So I ended up using it for the blab show, which is another thing that happened while I was painting for the show. I was like, Oh yeah, I have to do a painting for the blab show. I agreed to six months ago. Forgot about that. So, um, I just basically took that painting and put it in this, uh, the blab show, which is a group show copper does every year. And so that one didn't sell in the blab show. So Gary put it in with the, um, chaos paintings, which was cool because it kind of, kind of was originally intended for that. Um, so that piece didn't sell at this point. It hasn't sold. Um, but all the other ones, like I said, were pre-sold and, um, then two other paintings sold that Gary had old paintings, like big ones, like a 30 by 40 and a 24 by 36 of this painting called fiend and a painting called under a dead moon. So it was amazing. Amazing sales like i've never had that many sales at a show before with prints and everything um yeah so i anyway i go to the show um spooky jack and the scullery up front which is great selling bones really really was cool um and a lot of people showed up especially considering it was a pandemic you know show uh shows have been very slow there and it wasn't like the ego death show or the dystopia show where there was just like a crowd out the door and just cr- craziness but it was like it was a good sized crowd like for it was a kind of the perfect size because when shows get too crowded it's hard to see the artwork and it's more of a social event you know it's loud and there's just jam packed and people get all freaked out i get all freaked out being in a crowd like that like at Comic-Con or something. So it was really a good amount of people. And um, a bunch of collectors came out from um, different parts of the country, which was amazing. Steve McCorkle came out uh, uh, um, uh, from Chicago, I believe, or or some part of Illinois. And um, 
George Davis flew out from Texas, and uh, Adam Bennett came out from Ohio, and uh, Tyler and Brittany came down from, I think, Northern California or Bakersfield or something. Uh, I can't remember. I, I shouldn't have started naming names because I'm going to leave someone out. Uh, I know the three Bens came, Ben Long, Ben Sweet, and Ben Shannon. Uh, it's hard to... I, there's, there's, I've got three Ben, three Ben, the three Bens, I call them, three Ben collectors. It's hard to keep them sorted. But now I have faces that goes go to the name, so I can remember which is which, which is cool. So, um, if I left you out, I apologize. I know other people came from. Uh, oh, uh, Steve Doom and his girl came. Um, yeah, George Davis brought his wife Amy. Um, uh, Louie came with his dog, uh, Raiden. I got to meet his dog, Raiden. This is awesome dog. Um, Vegas came. It's great to see him again. Uh, I know I'm going to leave someone out. I should have never started with the names. I'm sorry if I left you out. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to leave it at that just because I, I, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm still wasted, tired. You can probably tell my voice is all like, um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, it was great. Really fun. I, I had one of the best times I've ever had at a show because maybe because it was not a, an insane amount of people. Um, it was a little more subdued so I actually could talk to people, even though it was difficult to talk to people because people kept wanting to talk to me and sign have me sign things and it's like I want to accommodate everybody and it's really it's a difficult thing to do but um still I had a great time it was just a great atmosphere super positive so positive oh my god these shows if you haven't been to a copro show these dark art shows are so upbeat and that you can just feel the energy. It's like a good, positive energy. It's a trip. You can ask anybody. Ask anybody who's been to a, one of these shows. There's never a, a bad vibe. The people who go are just so cool. They're like kind, nice, thoughtful people. You just There's not a lot of assholes there. It's just a trip. It's like, I've, I, say, I say this all the time, it's so um, weird. It's odd how nice the people are. It's like, you know, in, in society, there's like a certain a percentage of people that are just assholes. And it's just a given that they're always going to be there. Like a certain percentage of wherever you are, there's going to be a certain or a certain percentage. Of, wherever you are with a groups of people, there's going to be a certain percentage of assholes. And it's like there really isn't that I can I could see at these shows. Uh, so, again, it's the, the dark art crowd is just the coolest um, oh yeah, Dos Diablos and uh, uh, his girl Karina, who's also an awesome artist, Caricatura. She was there. Uh, Chip Joslin was in from Texas. Uh, Chris Velasco, who's that's a that's a, more of the story that's coming up. Chris Velasco's uh, art barbecue the next day. Um, oh Matt, uh, uh, Matt Levin. Levin, I'm not sure if you pronounce it Levin or Levin, but he's an amazing sculptor. 
Um, he was, he came out from Georgia cause he just moved to Georgia. Um, I'm trying to get at least the people that came from out of state. Cause wow. What a, what a, Oh, Levi, Levi, um, came out as he's kind of a new collector. Uh, he came out from, oh, I forgot where, uh, somewhere out of state. Anyway, really great, super great show. Excellent time, good vibes. Halloween candy was flying around. Everyone was enjoying themselves. My son Fritz and um, his fiance Karina were, were uh, doing the uh, bartending. It was super great. So much fun. So the night ended around midnight. I ended up showing up like at eight. I was totally late. Because the show started at 5. Midnight comes around. I finally get to go home. I'm just like, ah, oh, it's all over. Uh, it was such a relief. And um, so the next day, which I normally would have been just sleeping, uh, Chris Velasco, who's you know my biggest collector, I think he's bigger. He has more pieces than Guillermo does of mine. Uh, he's got black magic. He's got ego death. He's got like some major pieces. So he's kind of my biggest collector. Um, super great guy, really amazing musician, composer. He does music for video games, uh, and just a great guy and his wife, Aaron, super cool. So amazing. Just such a great group of people. Uh, it's strange. It's strange (laughs) how cool these people are. Anyway, um, uh, the ratio of cool people, I guess. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, so he had this art barbecue in his new house because he just bought a house. And he's got like a crazy art collection. So after, you know, conjoined shows or sometimes I'll have a big show. Uh, yeah, I didn't even mention. I, I, f- I forgot to mention. Dos Diablos had a, had a show too. He was at the show with me. Sorry, sorry, Dos. Uh, he had a, a a wall in the main room, the the, the fourth wall. He he had uh, I think seven piece, six or seven seven pieces or something, but really great. Uh, we kind of asked him at the last minute, and he came through and just his stuff is so great. You know, I've talked about him. He's been on, on the podcast twice, I think, and I talk about him all the time. He's definitely he's like one of my favorite artists. Um, just beautiful work, amazing work, and uh, another super positive amazing person and uh so is his uh girlfriend karina she's amazing really nice really nice uh so the art party so chris velasco sometimes has these art barbecues where he'll invite artists from the show over to his house check out his collection hang out have have you know food drinks and it's it's always really fun um he throws a great party and it's always really chill and uh, everybody gets to walk around and see the art. He's got Chris. He's got a ton of my stuff. He's got a bunch of Chris Mars paintings or he's got a few Chris Mars paintings. He's got a bunch of uh, uh, what's his name? Darius. Oh, I can't think of his name. A Polish artist who's amazing. Uh is it dark? It's not Darius, is it? Wait a minute. Zawadzki. Zawadzki. I think that's his name. Just amazing, amazing artist. Like, uh, 
artist. Let me look him up. Uh, yeah, Zawadzki. Kind of got a Bekczynski vibe, uh, but but uh, uh, just such a great painter. Oh my god! So Chris has a bunch of his paintings. He's got he's got a bunch of. Uh, let's see. Uh, he's got a Chris Cooksey. He's got Clive Barker. Um, uh, I'm totally spacing. He's got a huge collection, a huge collection. Um, he's got everybody, you know, all the really great artists, the dark artists he's got, he's got them. He's, you know, he's not really missing any. <laughs> he's, he's got everybody. It's huge. So it's, it's just so fun to go and see art and get inspired and hang out with cool people who love dark art that are really nice and fun to be around and smart and just great people. So, um, I spent the, I brought Gabe Leonard with me, um, to the, to the party. Uh, he hadn't met a lot of these people. Um, so that was, that was fun. Hanging It's always fun hanging with Gabe. He's, uh, a really good friend of mine. Um, so, uh, it was just a blast. The part, you know, I didn't drink or anything. I, I was the driver, so I picked him up. We drove out there and had a great time. It was super fun seeing everybody. Um, what else? I guess that's it. Uh, uh, yeah, Gary and Erica were at the, sh the, the, the party. And, of course, you know, Gary and Erica did an amazing job putting the show together um I, I forgot to say that the show looked so good eric always hangs it like amazingly perfect they've got a system the way they kind of work together really uh did just just an excellent job they just did such a great job um so happy with i'm always happy with uh copro shows and it's i feel so lucky that i that i um I'm able to show like my main gallery or my only gallery at this point, really, as far as, uh, you know, having a home base gallery is Copro. And it's also my favorite gallery, even, you know, if I wasn't showing there, you know, they show my favorite artists. So it's really cool. Um, and they always kill it. They always just do a great job. So thank you, Gary and Erica. Thank you, everybody who came to the show. And uh, thanks, Chris Velasco, for having an amazing party and the people that, you know, bought paintings from the show. Uh, it's a milestone for me to have those kind of sales. And um, I'm, I'm getting to my point. I'm almost there to my main point that, that I think is the, the most important part of this. Um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I lost it. I lost it. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Well, like I said, great show. I went home that night, dropped Gabe off. Um, you know, my sleep schedule's all screwed up. So I was like sitting there until two in the morning. I came home, you know, didn't stay too late. Kind of probably stayed until eight, seven or eight. And, um, just chilled and, uh, slept you know, slept in the next day and 
I have another little painting due this week for some project I got hired to do. <laughs> so I'm kind of doing that, but it's fun and, and easy and small and I'm not pressured to do it super fast. So, um, but I got to get it done by Friday. So I guess it's kind of fast. Oh my God. I was just looking at Zawadzki paintings while I was talking. Oh my God. He's so good. It just kills me. He's one of these artists that pisses me off. I see his stuff and I'm like that guy, that mother, you know, there's a lot of artists that I, that I admire. Like that. I feel the same way about Dos Diablos. I feel the same way about Gabe's stuff. Uh, this guy is just so, I just love it. I love everything about it. I love the subject matter. I love the colors. It just kills me. Anyway, check him out. Uh, Darius Zawadzki. Uh, Z-A-W-A-D-Z-K-I. I'm not sure if he speaks English or not, um, but I would love to have him on the show. Ah, it's just beautiful, beautiful work. Anyway, uh, I guess I'll get to my final point, which is the important point. You know, the important thing isn't like, oh, I had this amazing show and I made all these sales. I mean, that's important personally to me. Uh, it's not something I take for granted. I don't expect it to always be this way. I, you know, so often in the past, I've had these peaks and valleys in my career. And um, so often I'd have like a great show or a great sale or something. And I'd think, ah. Oh, I can I can relax now. I finally made it. I made it. I don't have to bust my ass anymore. And then things go back down and sales are slow again. And then I'm like, oh man, okay, I guess that wasn't it. Um, so I I never assume it's just going to stay that way. And you can't really. You can't take it for granted. One time I, I asked... Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, not in the podcast, but I talk. Uh, Olivia was at the at the uh, show. Olivia, the famous pinup artist from uh, I think Playboy in the eighties and nineties, she did all those. If, you, if you've seen her work, she's you know she was published everywhere. Um, but she's part of the Copperell crew. She hangs out. She's awesome. She's super awesome. Her husband Joel, they're both great. Anyway, I remember talking to her once at a, at the LA Art Fair. Um, I was complaining because my back hurt because I had been painting for a show and I was killing myself. And um, she actually uh, got up and <laughs> gave me gave me her chair to sit down on because because I was holding my back like a like a pregnant woman. And um, I said, "Yeah, you know, someday it won't. You know, I'll get to a point and it won't be. I won't have to work so hard." And you know, she's she's been in this game a lot longer than me. And she's like, it's never going to happen <laughs> straight out. She was like, it's not going to happen. It's all, this is the way it is. This is how the art life is. And so that was kind of a bummer to hear. But uh, at the same time, I was like, yeah, I kind of knew it in the back of my mind, no matter how good you got it, it's, there's always going to be hard work. You know, there's always, there's going to, it's just, it's a hard job. It's a hard job. So anyway, to my main point, to the important point, you know, if you listen to the show, you're probably, you're probably a fan of dark art and or a dark artist. If you're not a dark artist, that is totally fine too. This is something, this is a side note. I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer. This is a side note because I've been thinking about this a lot. Now, 
the idea to start using the term dark art, and I, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, the idea to start using the word dark art was like, my concept behind it was like, everybody calls it that. Let's just use it. And then we won't have to worry about a name for what our, our movement or what we're doing is. Everybody, And it's descriptive enough to where if you say dark art, people generally know what you're talking about. Makes it easier to talk about, uh, which is important. You know, it's kind of important. So, um, so we started all embracing this term, and it's great. And I think it's been helpful to us as artists. But, you know, the negative that comes out of that is that I feel like it kind of alienates other artists that maybe don't totally fit. Like Gabe Leonard, for example, you know, he's not a dark artist, really. He doesn't feel like, you know, he doesn't have like a, a I think he, he bills himself as the cinematic artist, but it's like a marketing thing. And it's like, he just paints cool shit. He's a great painter. And sometimes his stuff goes dark. He, he's got, an amazing painting with these two clowns at night in the desert digging digging a hole and like looking down at you. It's so cool and creepy. Uh, but generally, he, you know, he's he wouldn't call himself a dark artist. Um, point being is that I like to think of the dark art community as kind of like the tattoo community. Um, when I started getting to know people in the tattoo community, they were always like, you know what, we a lot of people are prejudiced against people with tattoos, but we tattoo people. We don't care if you don't ha if you don't have tattoos. It's not like we're only friends with people with tattoos. It's like it doesn't matter to us. Um, we're just fans of art, and we tattoo. Uh, so they they at least the ones I met, um, they had a really cool attitude, and not exclusionary. You know, they were open to different types of people. You didn't have to be like a tattoo freak to be to be a friend with a tattoo artist, and. I just I, I think that it's important that that um, we keep this uh, dark art thing inclusive and and allow people to feel welcome. Like you don't have to be a dark artist to be part of the dark art society. Um, you know, we're we're less marginalized than we used to be. We're sure we're still marginalized by the um, you know mainstream fine art world but you know who isn't most people are you know most people don't make it into that mainstream art world so i guess my point is that uh, i i feel i don't want anyone to feel like they have to start changing their style to fit in with dark art people it's like paint do your thing and you're still welcome in the community if you can paint if you got passion for it, if you love, you know, you love dark art, but you paint, you know, you or even just appreciate dark art, but you paint totally different. You paint light stuff, you paint cute stuff, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as, you know, you're welcome. That's the way I see it. You're welcome. And, 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 and I think this, this, it's just when you, when you, when you are a marginalized group, like we, are kind of or i've felt that way i think most people who do dark stuff feel a bit marginalized it's easy to kind of cut yourself off and and set yourself apart from everybody else and be like yeah we're we're doing our thing we're special you don't belong with us and i think it's important that we 
never do that. That we make, we build bridges with other art communities, totally different art communities. Um, there's a greater art community that is just as important as our little community. Um, so I think it's important that we just keep that, keep, keep that in mind. Don't be exclusionary. Don't be anybody. Anybody who's an artist is, is, uh, is legitimate in my book or is, you know, someone worth knowing or, uh, you know, being an ally of it's, it's like, if you love art, that's the criteria really for being part of this is if you love art, uh, and the dark art thing, you know, it's, it's ultimately a way to talk about things more easily and a way to, you know, you know, my spiel, I've said it a million times. It's a way to, uh, it serves many purposes, but I just don't think it should serve. I don't think it should, it would be bad if it starts turning into like, a we're the in, we're the cool kids and people, people need to start doing dark stuff to fit in with us. I don't think that's cool at all. I don't like that. I don't like that people feel like they need to fit in, you know, to a group. Cause you know, it's like as dark art, it gets more popular. And I, I mean, I've, I've heard people saying that, like, like they almost feel guilty. They're not doing dark stuff. It's like, don't feel guilty. Be glad you don't have to deal with the hassles of it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a pain in the ass. If that's what you're drawn to do, it's like an extra barrier. It's already hard enough to be an artist. So, uh, I hope this makes sense, but anyway, that was a tangent. The main issue I wanted to get to, and this comes back to really us specifically as dark artists, the important thing about this show I had and having these great sales and great success, the most important thing is not for me. It is for the fact that you, it, Dark art is is starting to you can be a dark artist and have a sellout show. You can be a dark artist and have a big show that people love, that brings in a lot of people, that you don't feel like a weirdo because you're painting this weird shit. There's like I've said before, there's a there's a huge audience. It's growing every day, and I kind of feel like the more thing you know, I again I've said this before, but the more things keep going downhill which they are you know they're things you know how everything is it's crazy our artwork is reflective of that um it pairs better with reality in a way with what's going on right now so so i think the important message about this is that um that i wanted to say is that it's this is great for all of us all of us that are artists all of us that are art dark art lovers dark art collectors um it means that we're coming into our own and and again i've said this before but this is this is really our time you know this is it this is the time for dark art this is the time for dark artists uh, this is it. This is the time you've been waiting for. 
Um, I feel that way. And um, you probably, you know, feel it too. You can t- you can see it. It's not that weird anymore. It's becoming accepted. It's like there's so many people that it's you know that see this kind of work and don't freak out like they used to 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and I think it's important, especially as things get more and more insane in the world. It's, it's important that other people will, will have some artwork that makes them go, ah, oh, I'm not the only one that feels this way. I'm not crazy. You know, uh, that's what art's always done for me. It's made me feel like, ah, oh, someone else, I'm not alone in this. Someone else feels this way too, so I'm not crazy. It's not just me. There's something wrong. And, uh, you know, we're taking, we're taking what's wrong and making it what's right. If we're taking that and using that as our muse almost. And, uh, 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 you know, using kind of the alchemical process of turning lead into gold. You know, we're taking something horrible. We're using that as like fuel and, um, and turning it into something inspiring and hopeful and beautiful. So that's what's important. So, um, and we should feel this way when any dark artist has a great show and a successful show. It's good for all of us. It's, it's, you know, that's why we should all be rooting each other on. It's like anytime a dark artist does well, don't be jealous, be happy for all of us, because it just means that it's going to be better for all of us. I mean, this was the idea with the dark art society. It's, um, you know, trying to help the community and create a community that's there, just not kind of like connected. It's a, uh, it's a community in the, in the making. And it's still so small, what we've got going on with the, the um, Patreon and the, the Facebook page, the Facebook Dark Art Society Cooperative. It's really small, uh, big in one way. You know, I don't know, it's like 400 people in there or something. That's that's a lot of people in, into this, but, but it's nothing compared to how many people actually love dark art and, you know, it's nothing compared to all the people that don't even know they love it yet. Cause they haven't really experienced it. Um, I just think it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and becomes more and more relevant all the time. So, uh, it's something to be really happy about. And we need something to be happy about nowadays, I think. Things are so fucked up. Uh, this is like a bright spot in that. Is that, uh, the, you know, our time has come. So, so get busy. Get to work. Um, you know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh be happy. Don't take it for granted. Take advantage of it and um, get your work out there. And or uh, also, if you're uh, if you're a collector or art lover, you know, just you you 
can be a part of this community by supporting the artists and sharing the work online, turning people onto it. You know, that's huge. Just turning people onto it, letting them know it exists, letting them know it's okay to like it. Um, this is more of a, a valid in certain parts of the country, I suppose, than others. It's not that weird in L.A., but, um, you know, if you're in the maybe in the Midwest or in a small town that's uh, really conservative or something, it's, you know, it's... Uh, you could you can be a lifeline to another person in that situation that thinks they're alone. And that's what this is all really about. It's about community and um, and uh, connect connecting and 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 uh, coming to get together for something bigger than than ourselves, something we all love. and uh, you know, helping helping other people really helping others helping others to not feel so alone in this world i think it's more important than ever you know now that things are so crazy more than ever we need each other and um so anyway that's my diatribe uh i think i'm gonna keep this one and i'll post it it's weird weird to do i didn't think i would talk so long it's over an hour Jeez. okay well uh that's it that's all i'm gonna say uh i hope that hope you enjoyed this episode <laughs> um and yeah that, that's it i'm all talked out uh thanks for listening again dark art society or patreon.com slash dark art society you can join the patreon for a dollar and become a part of the community and uh, if you want to see my stuff and all the time lapses, I got like 50 time lapses I got to do now probably from the chaos show. I have to edit together. There's going to be so much content uh, coming up. You can go to patreon.com slash Chetzar. And uh, um, yeah, I guess that's it. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this show. And uh, maybe I'll do more like this if people like it. I don't know if I can if I can manage to find something to talk about. I just felt really kind of inspired about this. And I didn't have a guest, so it all sort of worked out. I didn't want to leave you hanging for the week again. Um, all right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And goodbye, audience. Goodbye.